Welcome to the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Birth Podcast with your hosts, Shari Lyon and Nicola Lay. Together, we bring over 30 years of experience in working with women and partners through education, breathing, mindfulness, and evidence-based information, and nurturing you through this transformation into motherhood. Join us on this journey as we connect with women and partners, mentoring, supporting, and navigating the ups and downs of becoming parents. Welcome to episode 38, and it's something that Shari and I have really been talking about, especially today, is slowing down as you're preparing to birth your baby. Yes, this is something that is really important that we want to share because too many times we are seeing our clients really pushing themselves right to the end, and they maybe think they've got more time than what they have, and then all of a sudden baby comes along and it they've got had no time at all to just slow down mentally physically and really prepare to bring the baby into the world and you know in a ready state <laughs> and i think if you ask a mum that's sitting there in their postpartum stage like week 2 week 3 i wish i'd slowed down i wish i'd had more sleep I wish I'd, you know, taken the time to really catch up with friends. I wish that I'd just, you know, really listened to that bit of advice. And it's it's so hard to know what you're what you're going to be feeling like on the other side. But that slowing down isn't just to rest. It's also to mentally prepare. It's to let your body start relaxing. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I'm guilty of this. I. I for both my babies in different ways. And this is why I want to kind of share my own experience with you. Um, my husband and I bought a house and we settled on the house at th- when I was 37 weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I spent 37, 38, 39 weeks. We moved house. I was making furniture. I was unpacking things. And then I went into labour at 39 weeks. And I was like, I didn't get any time to actually (laughs) stop. And it happened. Um, But then with my second, I actually did stop work at 34, 35 weeks. But then as soon as 38 weeks hit, I was on this mission to bring this labour on. And Mm. I was walking every day, not for to relax to bring on the labor I was sometimes booking acupuncture twice a day I was doing nipple stimulation I was on the ball I was bouncing I was so that alone also wasn't Mm. really me slowing down because I was in this headspace of I need to bring this labor on and putting all this pressure on myself because I Mm. really wanted to have the home birth that I was preparing for and I didn't want to go over in case of induction. And so my mind was not slowing down whatsoever. Yeah. And I think similarly, my first baby, you know, hypnobirthing, I knew I needed to slow down. And so at 37 weeks, I started to completely stop and really just completely relaxed and was ready to have my first baby. Second baby, completely different story, had a really... um, a really busy profession at the time, running a team of women. Um, and I worked right up until like the midnight hour and I got influenza A. And I was 
hospitalized. Like I, I was still trying to do emails while on a on an oxygen mask, trying to get people's shifts covered. And I just remember sitting there thinking, what am I doing? Like what, and my other baby sitting at the bottom of my bed sleeping and the nurse came in and she said, what is it going to do to get you to stop? So what would you recommend then? And when, like, when is it the same for every woman? Do, do women need more time than others? Like what, it, what would you suggest and what you're seeing with your clients and mm. how, and how can women slow down? And this is truly slowing down I think what a lot of women are worrying about is that then if they're working for other employed that they want as much maternity leave on the other side I do think though that your body deserves to have the slowing down period even if it's just because we never know when our baby's going to arrive it has its own its own arrival date um but it's that thing of what do you what is it going to take for you to slow down first of all what is your body feeling like? If you feel like you've got bounds of energy, you're not tired, you're not feeling um, highly emotional, you're really just really calm. I mean, you might be a person that is taking everything in their stride. You're not getting those, you know, big waves of complete exhaustion. If you're feeling good, then you need to listen to that. And then that might be that you've got a job that enables you to still have all the rest that you need and you're not pushing, you're not working lots of hours, you're feeling like everybody's supporting you. And that's fine. But if you know that you're pushing and you're ignoring the fact that this baby is coming at any time soon and you're pushing, 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 what is your body feeling like? Are you able to sleep at night? Are you feeling exhausted? Do you feel sick again? Like often if one's pushing, they'll start to get feeling that feeling of nausea coming back. Um, what is happening? Like really listening because your body needs to be preparing for, like we talk about this a lot, preparing for the marathon. You know, it's the same. An athlete would be having massages. It would be doing physio. They would be, you know, slowing down just before the big race. They wouldn't be pushing right through to the end. Like what are you doing to yourself in these moments where you should be nurturing, nesting, resting? Um, what are you doing? I think too setting boundaries for family and friends yes. as well because I I personally found there was so much pressure in have you had the baby text messages mm. and what do you you know if you if you go over the due date oh my gosh you're over, overdue shouldn't they be inducing so there's a lot of outside out, sorry outside noise as well that can come in that can cause stress and anxiety mm-hmm. and nervousness in that time and really coming like just coming inward for those last few weeks yes. and coming as you say all the time come into the cave yes <laughs> and chill out without pressuring yourself as well to maybe bring this baby on because I think Mm. there is there is a lot of um especially with how many women are we want to be in control of things Mm. and one thing that we can't control is when we're going to go into labor but many women think that they can control it so (laughs) I've heard women going I've been walking three kilometers a day I've been doing gutter walks and stair walks and I'm doing all of this stuff to bring the baby on why isn't it happening and just in that I hear the the stress the anxiety the pressure Mm. and that is no way going to help the hormones of birth like oxytocin and endorphins release Mm. and 
this was a really big thing that I think we two took from Rachel Reed yes. and what she said in regards to induction of labour. Like there's a huge fear of for us going into to those last few weeks of what are, what are our caregivers going to say? What if they make me induce the labour? But then we go and do it to ourselves as well and we try and induce our own labour and that's exactly what I was guilty of in my second pregnancy with mm-hmm. with my daughter I was doing everything eating dates I was having you know I was like come on Damien let's have sex and it was <laughs> no way near like really a connective experience <laughs> it was a there is a reason that we're doing this um it was not really that relaxing to be honest um <laughs> I was yeah I mean in that moment I thought I was relaxing but I was still trying to be very controlling of what I wanted the outcome to be. And then I, because I had Harley at 39 weeks, which I wasn't ready for him to come at 39 Mm. weeks because we just moved into a house. I'd unpacked everything and I was hoping I was going to get at least a couple of weeks to enjoy this new house and chill out. And then labor started at 39 weeks. So then there was an expectation for my second birth that Mm. again, I'd heard, oh, your first one came early, your second one always comes earlier than your first. And so that's why I was like 38 weeks dousing myself in Clary Sage and doing all of these things because I was like, yes, I can bring this baby on. And 38 weeks passed, 39 weeks passed, 40 weeks passed. And I remember it was like 40 weeks and five days and my midwife came to me and she said, Shari, should we start having that conversation? And I was like, nope, not ready, not not <laughs> having the induction conversation yet. I'm not even 41 weeks. And what I did was I actually spent two days where I did absolutely nothing. Yes. I stopped the walking. I was like, I'd given up in a way. Mm. And I think I needed to give up because I was the so surrender. trying to control the outcome of me going into labor. And we ended up um, inviting a few friends over for a barbecue because we we are very social people. We always put on barbecues and have people over and we hadn't done that for a couple of weeks just in case the baby came. And I was like, no, nope, stuff it. Let's invite, you know, our friends over. And I went down and I got stuff at the barbecue and we actually had a really enjoyable night just sitting on our deck and chatting and, and I went to bed and then the next morning I woke up and labor started that's so beautiful I think because I'd actually forgot that I was trying to bring on the labor (laughs) the surrender but it's hard it's (laughs) so hard for someone that feels like you've done everything to prepare for your birth you've done all the hypnobirthing you've done all the practice that surrender is such a big word that women need to hear that there's a big part that we need to surrender over to our body into our baby and listen Mm. to what we need And I think if you've got a profession where you're used to meeting deadlines and we had a lady that we coached together um, and I asked her because she was, you know, over the date that the hospital started to do the pressure of induction and I said to her, what do you do for work? And she said, oh, I'm, you know, legal. I don't know. She was a legal secretary or something. Very used to deadlines. And I said, are you seeing this date like a deadline? And she said, well, yeah, because if I don't get to that date and I haven't produced this baby, I've failed. And it was a whole nother conversation of, wow, I bet lots of women who are in a corporate position or they're used to meeting deadlines feel that that date is, you know, the pressure for that date is then 
the reason that they keep pushing, 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 just like you said then. What if you were to just see that date as a, you know, it can come and go, it's not set in stone, there's no deadline. Um, my baby doesn't have that deadline, um, you know, memo. Mm. <laughs> and surrender to just the end of pregnancy and allow yourself to come in to whatever date and surrender to whatever date my baby decides to, to, to start to come into the world. That, that's the perfect time. But I think in itself, that date often will make a woman work harder, like you just said then. So it's that push, push, the control, when really the baby will come when it's completely ready. Mm. And that's allowing, the when you are relaxed, that then will allow the hormones of birth mm. to be released when they're ready. But also remember, it's actually the baby's hormone release that triggers the labour. Mm. So as much as we think we can control Mm-mm. when we go into labour, we can do things to help and and nurture our body. So I'm not saying don't go for walks. Like walking's a beautiful way, getting acupuncture. Totally. Um but maybe do it to nurture yourself and yes. your body, not for the outcome of this is going to bring on labour. Mm-hmm. And even the changing of perspective of that and really taking and in each day that you have left and going, I've got another day that I, my partner and I can go on a date yes. together, that we can connect together, mm-hmm. but it's it, it taking away the, the pressure of from yourself that you need to make this happen. And also don't allow the hospital to put the pressure on you either. No. no. Stand in your power and say, I'm not ready for this and <laughs> it's okay that I can, you know, you can say no to things. You talk a lot about, and I do as well, but I know that you really love this, is the word oxytocin, the beautiful hormone. How can we release oxytocin if we're in the push, push, mm. control, control? There is no room for that love hormone to sort of seep its way into our body for our baby to know it's safe to come. Mm, it's a very shy hormone. Yeah, that's mm. right. So we have to be able to give and receive love in order for that hormone to, to even be. So I would always, when I'm coaching, suggest for a woman to talk to their baby in a loving way, talk, feel their body in a loving way, give the body a lot of love and nurturing, mm. and then there's space and room for the oxytocin to start releasing, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. And you can release your own oxytocin. You can release your own endorphins. This is something actually I do remember doing when I was, um, yes, I was trying to bring on labour, but um, <laughs> with my daughter Talia, I was walking along the beach and I actually did really, I did enjoy the beach walks because mm-hmm. I just dropped into this space of gratitude and, you know, watching the waves roll in. And mm-hmm. I actually was like doing like light touch massage mm-hmm. all over my belly and giving myself goosebumps and it, which just felt really nice. So I found that to, to be really nice for myself, but then I would go home and put pressure on myself to, you know, I've got to put the breast pump on and get this, you know, but this <laughs> is the thing I was trying to stimulate that oxytocin totally. um, through nipple stimulation and sitting on the ball, bouncing with a breast pump on. And um, it, I, I'm going to be honest, I probably did it went the wrong way about it mm-hmm. because I was trying so hard. And when I actually gave up, and actually chilled out for two days. I ate like ice cream, watched movies, <laughs> and then had friends over for lunch, for, for dinner. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking about bringing on the labour, that that's when it happened. Um, so beautiful. And I think for me, I know that I was avoiding my birth yeah. in every single moment. Nope, it's not happening. 
I'm feeling the trauma from my first birth and I'm just going to avoid this one and hopefully she'll just come when she's ready and you know if I just keep working then my mind won't go into the worry of what that looks like so it was you know even as a health professional and you know doing all the work I was so scared about that birth that I actually sabotaged it and brought in a very different outcome that I really was in grief of afterwards so I guess if you're listening the idea is that the idea of slowing down might really scare you, but try and flip it and think about it as nurture and softening and allowing the space for you to actually bring a baby into that. If you're push, push, and you're trying to fill all the gaps and trying to do all the social catch-ups and not slowing down, the baby isn't feeling like you're ready either. Mm. Mm. So true, so true. <laughs> so many good conversations mm. here with this. Yeah. But I guess it's these shared moments that we really want to deliver to you is, you know, it's okay to feel safe in your body. It's okay to trust the process. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that it's helped you on your own journey. We would love it if you would subscribe and leave us a review. To learn more about our individual online or face-to-face courses or be mentored by us for your own birth, please see our show notes for the links to our programs.